Blog Talk Radio. shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jannes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. 
But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Okay, so that was um, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 2 Timothy 3, excuse me. And um, it's talking about the last generation. So um, so what I wanted to talk to you guys about tonight is the uh, God's mercy, um, God's uh, patience. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 that God's spirit will not always strive with man. Uh, for man's time would be 120 uh, years, okay? So if you go back to Genesis, um, you know from Adam and Eve since now, it's been recorded as 6,000 years. So somebody might say, well, it's not 6,000 years, it's millions of years. Well, we know that between Jesus Christ and now is 2,000 years. And we know that recorded time takes us all the way back, um, at least to the recordings of um, the Tower of Babel. And as far as the recorded dates, they're all recorded in the Bible um, to the T, almost. They even give the ages of Moses and Noah and the patriarchs and how old they were when they died. So you can kind of backtrack um, to where we at now. Now, if I seem like I'm kind of quiet, my son's right in the next room. So I'm trying to practice on being quiet, you know, not trying to be, I got a very deep voice. So, so my voice can rumble. So I uh, don't want it to appear to, to wake him up or anything. Not that he has school tomorrow. He actually has my school. I'm the teacher. So, um, Actually, it's online. I'm just anyway. The generation that we live in, uh, God is going to send warnings, and uh, one of the warnings will be signs. Um, like I said before, in Matthew 24, pestilences are in plural, not singular. So when He says uh, the coronavirus is not a sign. So it's pestilences and famines and earthquakes. <laughs> so those are signs of the last days. It's not something where you get off afraid and tensed up and you don't know what to do next. But it is something um, to 
take note of because this is changing the whole world. This is changing everything. Um, Dr. Phil, I don't want to quote Dr. Phil, but he was talking about how this pandemic is ruining people's lives. Well, at least he's saying it because a lot of pastors and preachers are not saying that, okay? They're actually saying the opposite, okay? Um, So I ask, when is it time for us as Christians to uh, take a look at not following authority? Now, God has put authority in charge, and God told us in Romans chapter 13 to follow authority. But when does it come a time when we're not supposed to follow authority? Um, And that time is coming. Um, As a matter of fact, I look at Matthew 24 in sections. The first eight verses are where we are now. We've been that way for for hundreds, well, many years. Um, But leading up to Christ's return, where it says in verse 8, these are the beginning of the birth pains. I believe that it's when the tribulation period starts. So it says immediately after that, you should be handed over, be killed, flogged, and bring in front of the judges. And then God says he'll give us things to say. We also be killed, or Christians will be, yeah, followers of Christ, saints will be killed. The church is already gone at that point. Um, so there, there were signs way before this uh, pandemic broke out, um, and many of the world was asleep. So God decided to send them something to wake up at. That's why I want to read today. Um, first of all, I want to acknowledge the fact that the Bible, all scripture, all scripture is for all believers, all saints. Okay. The only time the New Testament is not for the saints is for the, because they're dead. Before Jesus, they're dead. They're not here. But for everybody else, when the 66th the canon of Scripture was created, Christians are to read all Scripture. Okay, all Scripture. So when someone comes up to you and say, "Well, we're not supposed to follow," Jesus, because of, because you know the Holy Spirit came upon us, and now we're under a new edict. Okay, Jesus laid out some some harsh commands, and um, the reason why He did that is because God wanted to get deeper part of man rather than the surface. You can always go kill somebody, and you got to be awfully mad to do that. But it's much harder to stop hating someone. Okay. Anyway, in the last days, the wise should understand, this is in the book of Daniel chapter 12, the wise should understand, but the foolish will keep on being foolish. What does he mean by that? Okay. The, the scripture I just read to y'all, 2 Timothy 3, could be symbolic of the church as well as the world. Okay, so... Uh, I was watching um, the Clark Sisters, which I really enjoyed the movie. So I really enjoyed the movie, but the sister, one of the sisters who left the group was having 
troubles. He was going out and partying. He's like, I got to get my, I got to have my life and I got to do this. And I'm tired of my mom being on, because the mom was the manager of the group. Anyway, she's trying to get the other sister to leave. Well, eventually the sister left. Okay. And then she came back. Of course, Tweaky is still singing with the Clark sisters still today, but the other sister never came back. And sometimes God will let us go. Um, and it says, you know, one save always say doctrine. Um, God will, God is not going to make you serve him. That's your decision. Okay. And that's a show by itself. Well, anyway, wise Christians see the danger coming and prepare themselves. Wise Christians see the events of the world and they say, something's happening. Let me get myself together. Let me get closer to God. Let me seek God. Let me understand that the devil's going to offer us the kingdoms of the world. The devil's going to offer us the um, the booty. He's going to offer us the things of his life. And it's up to us. Jesus says you can only serve one master. You can't serve two. Okay. I was watching, um, I was listening to Little Richard. Uh, let me see if I should play that right now. I'm going to go ahead and play a little, just a little excerpt of Little Richard. I'll be right back. Well, he's known as the architect of rock and roll, a music icon who's entertained generations of people. Little Richard visited Southern Illinois today, and News 3's Colin Dorsey sat down with him for a rare interview. It's his first television news interview in years. This music legend only sitting down to an interview with Danny Shelton of Three Angels Broadcast Network once before today. A rock and roll icon, he says those days are well behind him. Well, back at the time, you were thinking about how you, how you could become bigger and bigger and make more money. He says it all became too much when he saw people idolizing him and flocking to his concerts. At first I was making $35,000 a night, then it came to fifty. then it came to $100,000 an hour. Richard Penniman, also known as rock and roll legend Little Richard, says choosing between his fame and his faith was one of the best decisions he's ever made. I didn't feel right anymore. I would sing and do things, but, you know, I wasn't a part of the in crowd anymore. And he said he started getting concerned about his place in the world. I started thinking, I started just thinking about Jesus. I started thinking about the world is going to end soon, all the trouble of the world. It's a change 3ABN president Danny Shelton says is amazing. I had the privilege of meeting numerous people, but those, the testimonies are almost always the same. I made up my mind that I'd rather have Jesus than anything the world could afford today. Shelton says though Little Richard stepped off the rock and roll stage, his impact is still felt around the world. He, he influenced millions in his younger days. Now he influences millions for the cause of God. Once uniting people around his music, he's now uniting people around his story. In Thompsonville, Colin Dorsey, News 3. Yeah, I don't know if Danny Shelton belongs to the faith movement or not. I apologize if he, if he does, but I just had to play that because this guy profited the whole world. Um, 
I'm a fan of the Temptations movie. I know that movie can uh, be considered a kind of a bad movie to watch. Not necessarily. Um, these men were offered the kingdoms of the world. They they grew up in church, uh, just like Whitney Houston. They grew up in church, and you know they played you know played in the choir probably. And uh, I remember one scene when they first came to Motown, and before they were out in the front of the Motown building trying to uh, practice singing and dancing for their audition, and then they had to come up with a new name, Temptation. But anyway, um, I remember watching the movie go through, watching the movie, and I'm like, man, these guys. You might you can't see Satan, but you know Satan was involved because vices um, get men and and they bring them down. You know the devil will destroy you. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So uh, getting back to, uh, I, I feel myself, you know, as I go out and preach and talk to people, you know, even online, I feel like. You have to justify everything, and that's good because people are trying to test you. And, and but there is one I want to talk about uh, the wise understanding. Now, go to uh, if you got your Bibles, go to Matthew's twenty-five, and. Um, <clears throat> People say, "Well, that's he's talking to the Israelites. He's talking. He's talking to the. When does he talk to the saints? Especially in the New Testament, you got an individual uh, preacher talking about we need to unhinge the Old Testament. I mean, we got people trying to unhinge the New Testament as well. Anyway, Daniel, which Jesus referred to uh, when he referred to the abomination, the abomination and cause of desolation." He referred to Daniel a few times. And Daniel chapter 12, he talking about the wise. Wise. What, do you, what does he mean by that? Wise. The wise should understand, but the foolish should keep on being foolish. As this coronavirus broke out, I noticed that there are gullible Christians. And then there are awake Christians. Now, I don't know what the wake people are doing with their spiritual life, but I'm pretty sure if you like me or some of the brothers and sisters I know, especially on Facebook, you align, you're aligning yourself up with God's word. That's what he talked about in Revelations, keeping your your um, robes white. And the foolish... look at things in a hopeful way as far as the world is concerned, that the world can solve our problems. But we Christians who are watching for Christ's return realize that he's the only one that can solve our problems. Anyway, uh, Matthew 25 says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. 
Well, when you talk about people say, well, those are people without the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Well, let me continue. I'll come back to that. But the wives took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarry, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Hmm. They trimmed their lamps, but they still got oil in it or somewhat. Doesn't mean they don't have oil. It just means they have less oil than the wise ones. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil or give us more oil so we can fill up. For our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were ready, went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Hmm. So the only way I can justify this is watching and praying, waiting and praying makes for preparation. Okay, so if you look at it as a wedding, okay, because that's what the Christian faith is made of—the bride of Christ. He's the he's the groom. If you, first of all, let's let's take the rapture for instance. I know, I know some of y'all might disagree, but first of all, you have to live a holy life in order to be in the rapture. You have to be an overcomer of the of the world. Overcomers are those who, when you read read First um, John two fifteen, love not the world or the things of the world, or you read James four talking about friendship with the world. Overcomers mean that you left Egypt. You left the ways of Egypt to serve the living God. The lamp lets you see. And the more oil you have, the powerful your light is to see. Could it be that the reason why they were called wise is because they can see what was coming? And could it be that the reason why the other ones were called foolish is because they didn't see what was coming and that yet they did not prepare? Okay. I want to go ahead and play Second uh, Peter chapter 3 and I'll be right back. Chapter 3. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, 
that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is... Okay, I want to stop it there. Um, okay, so... Jesus told us to be ready. How can you be ready if you don't know it's coming? Um, so... I went to many things in my life, from weddings to proms to football games, and you always have to get ready, even work, or else you'll be late. So not very often have I had somebody call, but you're supposed to be here because I had heads up that it was coming. Um, even in the interview, interview would be good to uh, – Examine because it's closer to the situation where you have to prepare your mind. You know, a good cup of coffee, good, good kind of like time in the quietness of the morning to prepare and get get what you might say if they ask you specific questions. Well, preparation is the number one thing for Christy, Christ, the Christian walk. We're disciples, and we're preparing for the kingdom. We're preparing to meet our God, regardless of what people tell you. We're also preparing to live a life that's pleasing to God. So discipleship, okay? But anyway, let me go ahead and shift gears and talk about what's going on. Okay, so um, from what I'm seeing is that there are two camps, people who are awake and people who are asleep. Um, now I'm going to tell you which you probably can agree with me or disagree with me. That's fine with me, but God knows everything. Have you, you noticed when he was, you know, sitting around and he would say, uh, you know, the Bible would say, and he knew their thoughts. Okay. So he knows me and your thoughts. Okay. And I believe it's in Mark. 14 or Luke 14, one of the 14s. Anyway, it talks about an individual um, boss who threw a banquet and he sent out his uh, invitations through his messengers. And he went to people and they said, well, I got to go bury my father. I got to get married. I got to run my business. They're making up excuses. And he says, okay, well, well, go to the byways and highways and invite more people who would actually want to come. So these people came, and when they came, the door was shut. So in our time that we live in, there are people who don't no longer believe in a pre-trip rapture. They believe that we're going to go through the tribulation period as a church, and at the end of the tribulation period, God is going to come swoop the church up. But mind you, the church has to come right back down and battle the Antichrist and his armies. So God is sending on the invitations. 
And the invitation is commanding us to get ready. So in a wedding, somebody sends you, say, I want you to be my best man or my bride's groom, my bridesmaid or whatever. And the person has to do her hair. She has to get ready. She has to put on her oils and, you know, take a bath, of course, and put on her oils and get ready. And, you know, her ride takes her to the wedding. Well, we're the same way. So we see all the signs and the evidence. For the guy, I've seen a few people say that the coronavirus is not a sign. I, I really think the coronavirus exists, but not the way people think it exists. We have people who are saying prophecies. I told you I prophesied that was going to happen. The virus is going to. You're right either way. But I never hear anybody say, well, I'm prophesying that this this um, virus is not what they say it is. That's who I want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear the person who's saying, oh, this is, I told you this was coming. It's going to kill millions of people. If you get the facts right, then you can come to me. But I'm nobody. I'm just a, I'm just a messenger, just like you are. But I, I, I'm going to say that there are people dreaming dreams that are correct, and there are people dreaming dreams that are not correct. So, I don't know. Anyway, um, let me see what else I want to <coughs> let you guys hear. <coughs> I got um, uh, David Wilkinson. It's a little bit longer. That's like 10 minutes, 10 minutes and 8, 10, 10 minutes and 48 seconds. So, I might not play all of it, but I'm going to go ahead and play some of it. Here we go. Something from God's heart that God gave me this past day, past few days. Uh, The whole world knows what is happening here in the United States. We're in a worst crisis in our history. Uh, The people everywhere especially in New York City, where the crisis hangs so heavy overheads. There's a great fear. I was told that in the stock market, after it closes, men are collapsing and falling down in fear. And it's not just an American problem. It's a European problem. It's worldwide. God is doing what he warned us he would do when sins have mounted up into heaven. And that's that he would shake everything that can be shaken. And the whole world is shaking now with an economic meltdown. And it's going to get so frightening that not one of us will be unaffected. We're all going to be affected. Every minister, every family, Christians and unbelievers alike. We're all going to feel and see things that are terrifying. And many are going to have their faith shaken. Many are going to abandon their faith. Even when Jesus walked the earth, when hard message came, when hard times came, and he saw many leave him. He said, many, the Bible says, many forsook him. And he turned to his disciples and he said, will you forsake me also? Now, Everywhere I go, 
I hear people saying, is there a word? What's going to happen next? What is God saying? And I want you to know what I believe God's speaking to my own heart, especially last night I was walking and talking with him. I went to the word of God because the only word is from the word itself, from God. There's no economist, there's no evangelist, there's no one that can give us the answers. We have to go to the Word. We have to go to the Father. And in First Samuel, 30th chapter, I was, I was moved by the story of David and his 600-man army. They came upon over the hill toward Ziklag, their home base. And it was in ruins. The fire had destroyed the city. His wives, all the wives, the children were all taken captive by the Amalekites. And the Bible says that David and his men wept. David was deeply distressed. And his men wept all day and probably through most of the night until they said there were no more tears. Now, let me tell you that you and I, the godliest person hearing my voice, I don't care how famous you may be. I don't care who you may be. When you first see these frightening things come on the earth, there will be that first flash of fear and terror. I picked up one of our national magazines this a few days ago, and it had a picture of the world, a man representing the world on the brink of falling into a chasm. And it said, the headlines were, the world is collapsing. And it's in the headlines, a great worldwide depression. And the first impact, when I read that, I had a trembling inside. I said, God, so quick, so sudden, how did this happen? Even though many of us prophesied about it for years. When it comes and you see it, it's so overwhelming and David, the Bible said, now, now let, me, let me say this. If, if you were to say, I'm not afraid, then you really don't understand the situation. It's that first flash of fear. There's a time for weeping. And God understands that. And many of you listening to me now, the question is, where does this end? Where does it take it? What about the church and its future? Bible says David wept until there was no tears left. But then came a time, there comes a time, there is a time for weeping. There is a time that we will tremble. But God understands that. Then there comes a time to fight. David stood up, no more questions. The Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. And we have come to a time where every man, every woman has to get their own word from God. You can't get it from some great voice. You can't get it from someone you think is holier than you. You have to get alone with God. David got alone, and the Bible said he encouraged himself. And you'll hear the voices. But you have to get your own word as David did. I have to get my own word. I have to shut myself in with God and with this book. And let the Lord speak encouragement to me. Folks, it doesn't matter who prophesied what and when. That's all in the past. It doesn't matter. 
and you'll hear a lot of prophetic voices saying uh, good days are just ahead. No. We're in that time now that Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Hosea, and all the prophets said the day of God's vengeance and recompense upon the wicked. But the prophet Isaiah said, but you are safe. This is not about God's people now, even though he's purging his church. This is about having a word from God. If you're a pastor, your congregation, like our congregation, coming to church in every service, what is God saying? What is the word? Now, David had 600 men that couldn't get a word. They didn't know how. But there are those who have walked with Jesus and know that the answer is here. And they have to come to the people now with a word of hope, a word of encouragement. David had the priest Abiathar. Abiathar couldn't help him. He had wise men, some of the wisest men in the world in his little army. They couldn't help him. It comes a time nobody can help you. Nobody give you a word. But David said to Abiathar, bring me the ephod. God spoke through the ephod in those days. And he got a word from the Lord, not from a pastor, not from anyone else. But he got a word of encouragement. God said, yes, I'm going to bring you through. There's going to be a recovery. You're going to know my hand for protection. Now, either this word is true, and I, I was walking, and I'm going to close in just a moment, but I don't want to take a lot of your time. I was walking with the Lord last night, and the Lord said, uh, David, you've, you've preached for 55 years around the world about how God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt and through the Red Sea, and about... Uh, the fiery furnace and Hebrew children being delivered. You talk about Daniel being delivered from the lion's den. You talk about all these deliverances for 55 years. Now you're facing a test of faith like you've never known it. Was that mockery? Did you as the minister of the gospel say all this for 55 years and now it doesn't work for you? And, and I began to see that the mockers and the scoffers that are coming in the last days will come some many from the church itself, scoffing at the word, giving up on the word because they, they, are, they, they don't turn to God. They get bitter against God, and that's going to happen. But where are those Davids that will stand up with the word of God? And they've been tested. I have been tested. I've been tested in my family. Cancer, uh, all kinds of attacks out of hell. But now God is at work. God is, this is God's doing. And by, I believe the Bible says God has everything under control. They, these, God said, don't mock me now. Don't scoff at my word. Stand. I've given you this word. God is going to see his church through. I hear people say, well, we're all in the same boat. No, we're not. Well, we're in a boat, all right, as Christians, but it's called the ark. It's the ark of safety. And God is going to ride his people through this storm. It may be difficult. The boat may shake. And there will be storms and lightning and thunder. 
that God keeps his word. God has everything under control. And I ask you as a congregation of ministers and wives to stand to your feet and lift your hands and thank God for his faithfulness. He's going to see his church through. There's going to be a moving of the Spirit. God is going to bring those. He's going to awaken many, many multitudes. He's going to awaken those who have been cold and indifferent. He's going to pour his spirit out in the midst of all of this. Lift your hands. Stand, lift your hands, and thank God for his promises. And ask God to strengthen your faith, to give you a word so that you can stand before your family. You can stand before your friends. You can stand as David did. The whole army of 600 men rose up on one man's faith. Let that be you. God bless you. Okay, for you guys that don't know, David Wilkinson died in 2011, I believe it was. So it sounds like he was here. Sounds like he just said that a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago. So, yeah. So he's prophesying pretty darn close. It feels like he was getting that from God. Um, anyway, what he was saying that, um, you know, David has men that would come in and talk to him and tell him things about even Nathaniel came in and told David that um, after David has uh, Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed and, and sent him to the front line so he can have Bathsheba. Uh, Nathaniel came to him, the prophet, and said, he says, um, there was a story of a man who had a small lamb and and the rich man saw the small lamb and went and took it. And then David said, who did that? Who took the lamb? And he said, you are the man. Yeah. So, but anyway, David had people come, you know, um, prophesy to him. So I, I want to read something to you guys. Um, this is the book of Jude before Revelations. And it says, for there are certain men creep in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly man, turning the grace of God. Remember, turning the grace of God. You can't turn the grace of God unless you are part of the church. So turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. That means looseness, um, sins, um, teaching people how to sin. Okay, lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our uh, Lord Jesus Christ. The way you deny God is to not live righteous, not live holy, not not have morality, not have standards. You just live the way you want to live. Um, if you heard uh, Little Richard, he was saying the same thing. And it says, um, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believe not. Okay, so the next show I'm going to do is going to be on um, Once Saved, Always Saved. And I want to explain a little bit of that today. Uh, I do believe once you are eternally, once you belong to God, you are eternally saved. But the only person can 
pull you away from God is you. Now, the devil, the devil can't make you do nothing. He just can influence you. So when Adam and Eve, when Eve ate that apple and got her husband to eat it, or whatever, it's not an apple. I don't know why I keep saying that. I said fruit. I said, for now, I'm going to call it fruit. So when they ate the fruit, I believe pride took over. I believe individualism took over. I believe that they had the notion to be selfish and be their own God at that point. If you ever talk to somebody on the street, you go out and witness to people or you at work or, or you're at people have their own version of what the Bible says. They their own interpreter. God wants the spirit of God to interpret the Bible for you, not yourself. So who we put in charge of us um, is very important. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read um, and remember that what I just got to read, <coughs> Matthew chapter 7, <coughs> um, verse 13. It says, In the end, through the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and brought us away, and lead us to destruction, and many there be which go in twits, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, and then it it goes right to that. Now, there was no verses in the Bible when it first, when before it was, the first original text was printed. There were no verses. Okay, so just think about how he continues on. Now, he's talking about the way and the gates that you can pick. You pick the right gate. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You pick that right gate. He says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. So there's going to be many in people's theology, which is going to be broad. So you can go through many doors, many ways. But it's the wrong way. Okay, so it says, now, when I say Adam and Eve ate the fruit, the devil said, God, be, God is worried that if you eat that fruit, you'd be like him, knowing good for evil. Okay, so what happened? They ended up having pride. Pride was the issue. Pride was the thing. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and play my um, exit, uh, my entry um, theme, and I'll be right back. I just want to do something about one minute. Get ready to come into the zone for the next 60 minutes. Your journey will begin. In three, two, one. The Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Your watchman on the wall. Bringing you into the knowledge only found as you pursue the truth. So set back and enter the zone of Bible prophecy and find the hope that every Christian should have. 
Find out what is going to happen in the year 2012 and beyond. The Middle East, the mark of the beast, the European superstate, Russia, China, Syria, and more. So sit back and grab your cup of coffee and your Bible and be prepared to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to finish up this show just by kind of bringing everything in, whatever we just talked about, the last generation. Um, where you get your information from is the Word of God. Um, and it is very important for us to have a pastor who believes that this life is going to end here, um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, who also talks about heaven and hell, um, who also give you hope that there is much more to this life and much more after this life. But the person who focuses in, in on here. Uh, more than they focus on the the paradise that we're going to, you know, the new the new Jerusalem, the new heaven on earth, uh, is fooling themselves. So. Hold on for a second. I, I'm going to go ahead and play this thing again. I'm getting some interference, and I'm not liking this. Hold on. I'll be right back. Chapter 3. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive... Yeah, I'm just hearing things, I guess. Um, so, um, we're not in this... You know when they say on the commercial, we're in this, we are in this together. Um... Believers are in it together. Um, they're coming after saints. They're coming after those who are left behind from the church. They're coming, and they mean business. Right now, uh, it's going to come a time people we're going to wish uh, saints who are left behind after the church is actually gone. And I can explain that, um, but I don't have enough time. I got like 20 minutes left, so I, know I won't be able to explain that. But it, if you read um, Matthew 24, verse 1 through 8, if you read 8, it says, these are the beginning of the birth pains. I do believe the tribulation period or the rapture took place in, in that area. Then it says, and they shall hang you over. Um, I'm going I'm I'm to read, read it from the bigger Bible. Uh, 
So verse 9 of Matthew 24. It says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, has set a, set a groundwork for the globalists to come get you. Um, so they have your address. They have all every information that they can um, get. And a lot of people say that the tribulate the first three and a half years are going to be peace on earth, but um, it's probably going to be tyrants running the show at that point, and it's not going to be peaches and cream. It's going to be hell on earth for Christians and believers and patriots and people who want freedom. It's going to be it's not going to be freedom. As you can see right away in the quarantine and and, uh, and stay at home and we in this together and all this other stuff, it's going to come to the to the other side. Uh, they're going to use all kinds of propaganda in the new world order, and um, people are going to be dying everywhere because they're going to know they're going to realize that uh, they've been had, they've been suckered. I was telling my wife, uh, I said, baby, I said, uh, Facebook took down this um, pandemic video that I put up, and they took it down. I think YouTube took it down. And then, and then again, and then you find another one that they put back up. And sometimes they take it down, put it up, take it down to make you think that they are uh, trying to silence you, but technically they actually want you to, they will actually want you to see it. And here's why. They want to bring martial law. And if you have enough mad people who see those videos, see Alex Jones, see um, and listen to various other men like David Icke, see this lady that just did this video about the pandemic. Eventually, people aren't stupid. They're going to find out, and they're going to be so mad that it's going to be a war on the streets. Um, but the Bible says, for when they shall say peace and safety, total destruction shall come upon them. I talked about um, today in, some of the, in the post or two about how um, Ezekiel 38 and 39, um, Gog and Magog war could be going on at the same time the rapture takes place. I'm not saying to look for that. The rapture can happen at any moment. Um, there have been plenty, plenty watchers have been wrong. When you say there says the Lord, you're in trouble. The only problem with watchers is that we can get it wrong and throw people off because they want accuracy. But then they have these people on the news who are saying, we don't know what this virus is. We don't know. What, we just know how to look at the data, and we're wrong every five minutes. And a Christian can get it wrong like once or twice who ain't trying to be a prophet or nothing. They're just trying to help people out. It mean no harm. 
You know, there's times where I've seen Christians wrong as wrong as outdoors. We meant right. I've seen Christians who predicted 2017, 2014, 2015, but we. I've seen many Christians who don't come and say, there says the Lord. They just say, oh, this could happen. You buckle up, buckle up. And it's the boy that cried wolf. And the wolf actually comes. Testing, testing. I don't know why it cut off. It must be out of batteries. Okay, uh, anyway, I got like, uh, how many minutes I got? So, like I said, I don't I don't even know why I cut off for, I have no idea. Anyway, um, I'm trying to call into the radio thing and see if I'm still on. Um, one, six, four, six, two, zero, zero, four, four. That was what I was worried about when it first when I first started the show, oops, yeah, because there's only one. So I'm guessing it wasn't plugged in. So I have no idea what microphone was on Blog Talk or 